0: Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the Rider Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Reddish. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle.
1: Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. We're right in the middle of an NBL Grand Final Series and it seems like the whole world's been turned on its head, including this grand final series. All of a sudden, we went from potentially playing in in front of 30,000 people last weekend to playing in front of probably 500, thanks to, I guess, the, the health and safety measures required, thanks to the threat of coronavirus. So the good news is we're still playing this NBL grand final series. Hopefully, we get to finish it off in the coming weeks. So that's what we're here for on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, but as always, joined by the man that you all want to hear from, who was in the building, one of the few people in the building on Friday night at RAC Arena, Sean Redditch. Sean, thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks for uh, having me, Pikey. It's uh, crazy times out there. Let's try and dissect all the uh, craziness as best we can.
1: Yeah, never. I don't think any of us have seen anything like this in our lifetimes. Two weeks ago on the show, we talked about how – you had a red to basketball tour planned for the United States. You had to cancel that because of coronavirus. We thought at that time that that was a pretty big deal and and maybe that was as bad as it was going to get, ho- hopefully. Um, fair to say that's been put into perspective by what's happened in the last last seven days especially.
0: Yeah, it's been incredible times. I think it's, uh, you know, I guess for me, it's just how quickly mm-hmm. it's rapidly increasing in, in what's happening on a almost... Minute by minute basis, not even hourly. It's uh, you know news updates, this and that. How many more cases of coronavirus? What's uh, which country shutting down? No travel. It's been incredible, and I think it's something that uh, those that are uh, living through this at the moment will remember this for for the rest of our life, and, and really uh, will we'll stick uh, in our memories for a long time.
1: Yeah, it sure will. Um, the fact that it's, I guess, sports not everything. And this puts it into perspective. But when you have sporting events actually cancelled, then I think the NBA was the, was the start of it. Once the NBA, you know, postponed their season about this time last week, or maybe it was Wednesday last week, that really set off the spiral of, of events. When we recorded our show last week, previewing games two and three of the grand final, I don't think we had any idea that there was even a chance of playing in front of no crowds for, for the weekend. Um, I mean, it just happened so quickly and it was only announced on Friday afternoon that that would be happening by the NBL. In your wildest dreams, could you ever imagine that we'd be playing a grand final series in front of, you know, basically no people, no no general public when, like I said at the start of the show, there was every chance that a weekend like that could have pulled in 30,000 people two weeks ago?
0: Well, I think you make a good point about when the NBA came out and announced it. Mm. That, that was just the avalanche for everything. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I think every league kind of took notice that the NBA possibly – a popular or second most popular league and sport in the world it is shutting down. Everyone's got to look at their own league and say, hey, are we are we doing the right thing here? Um, and then obviously most of them have come to that agreement that we shouldn't be playing. Mm. So it was. yeah. And, and then it all just happened so quickly. I don't think there's a sport in the USA that's going on at the moment. No, so Probably. And if you think about it, Australia may have the only sports leagues going on at the moment. I mean, I know FIBA is all shut down. Basketball in Europe. Uh, I know Puerto Rico, where I used to play, they are shut down or p- postponed. So, uh, you know, the the eyes of the world are on the Australia sports scene. What's going to happen with, with the other codes? You know, rugby decided to play last week. Thought that was an interesting decision with fans, we so we almost had sure. our prime okay. minister there, yep. <laughs> playing uh, yeah. or, or watching, should I say? So it's a uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic that's happening, and even Friday morning, I you know I was lucky enough I took some of the players in my academy and, and my son's team. We went down and actually got to play on uh, RAC Arena Court. Um, before the Wildcats took their uh, their shoot around. And, and the, the boys were, were pretty pumped about that. But, you know, just talking to a few of the uh, support staff, the Wildcats in, they thought everything was as normal. Yeah. They, you know, this was 8, 9 a.m. on the uh, grand final game two. They thought everything was normal. Even Damian Martin said by 2 o'clock, he was still being told uh, that, that crowds were allowed. And by, I think it was maybe 2.15, They came out and made that decision. Mm -hmm. So I can only I can only think there was a lot of discussion between a lot of different groups there on on what should happen. You know, should we play in front of crowds? Should we shouldn't? If we do, do we make it a three game series? But but obviously, you know, they made that decision. And uh, it was a strange it was a strange evening. You were there as well. Mm And, you know, I thought it was smart by the Wildcats actually just continue it as normal. You know, they did the, it was probably the least amount of applause Damian Martin has had when he got called out onto the court. Um, I, I think I heard his daughter, Maggie, yelling from the sidelines, but she wasn't able to make up for 13,000 fans missing um, from the Red Army.
1: When you, when we first got there, it actually felt like a pretty normal normal night given we got there before the doors would have been opened anyway but by the time the introductions were made and you realised that there was going to be only well I mean there's probably 200 maybe maybe of the friends and family that were sitting courtside you knew it was going to be very different the Wildcats decided and I think probably rightfully so to do everything the same in terms of the the game night pretty much the the courtside announcer was was still performing like he was performing to 13,000 people the music was still playing the band was still there was that the right decision is that the way you would have done it?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it was the right one. You want to try and give your, your team the, the best advantage as you can. And, you know, having the announcer get excited when you hit a three or the crowd that was there was actually bigger than I thought it was mm. going to be. And they were probably louder than yeah. I thought um, they would be, but obviously not able to uh, replicate the 13,000 and. You know, looking back on it, it probably just highlights how important that Red Army is to the success of the Wildcats. I'm not saying it's everything. Um, you still got to have players, got to still guys, got to go out there and play their role and know everything. But there's definitely an advantage that the Wildcats have over any other club, and probably was highlighted by the game two loss.
1: It's pretty famous or infamous, depending on your perspective. The the foul count advantage that the Wildcats have had over the years in home games. Remarkable to think you take out the Red Army and. There's the biggest differential in terms of fouls in favour of the visiting team in the history of RAC Arena with the Kings receiving 10 more foul calls in their favour than the Wildcats did. Do you put that down to the Red Army? Do you put it down to the fact that the Kings were probably more aggressive in fairness and did attack the basket a lot more or a combination of both potentially? Because it's only human for the referees to react when there's 13,000 people making a big noise that they automatically assume that something must have happened to blow the whistle for.
0: Oh, I agree. I think, you know, you, you could say that they're trying to, but yeah, you are human. You are uh, there. You're going to be affected by the environment that you're in. So um, the fact that they did get so many more fouls um, probably highlights that The interesting thing. And I wasn't really expecting it too much, but the amount I could hear the coaches and the players from the sideline, I thought that was pretty interesting. That dynamic. Um, surely could hear Trev when he was upset with the with the referees. You know, I was sitting right next to uh right next to the bench for most of the time. So there was there was one point where Bogut had that massive dunk, yep. looked over at the uh over at the Wildcats bench, ran down, played defense, came back on the other the next time down the court and was screaming at Trevor Gleason to put Jesse Wagstaff in. <laughs> So <laughs> I had never seen uh, another player telling the coach uh, who he should sub in. It was, it, to me, made it sound like, you know, Plumlee can't guard me. So you might want to try someone else. So it was, uh, you know, that was probably, I guess, uh, <laughs> the highlight of my, my <laughs> night. Uh, just, just seeing that. I'd never seen that in, no. uh, in sports before. So it uh, just shows you the, the mood that Bogut was in and when he plays like that. He's, uh, he's pretty dominant.
1: I think I might read into that, that, that he really wanted to dunk on top of Jesse as well. That might have been something that he was he was thinking about too. <laughs> um, let's talk about the game a bit more. Um, Sydney Kings ended up winning 97-83. to 83. I think it was a lot more than just the foul count differential that they they played better in. they were on top pretty much the whole game. And Andrew Bogus set the tone. I think it was 17 points and 12 rebounds in the in the first half. He was he was massive. Clearly, his best game of the entire season. He was fired up, and then he got he got some really good help. Obviously, Jayson Tate was was terrific. Ended up hitting all three of his three pointers on his way to to 20 points and. And Kevin Lish, he showed why he was the player that the Kings should have been waiting for to, to come back from injury. He, he had 19 points and he was outstanding as well. In the end, Bogut was great, but so was Cotton on the other end. The difference probably was that Bogut got some more help.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, interesting game. I thought Sydney were were the better team by far um, to win by, I think it was, what, 14, 14. In, in the end. They just came out. They were really switched on. I thought that little triangle and two that they put on at the start of the game, we hadn't seen that all year. Yeah. I thought that was a uh, just kind of put the Wildcats on the on the back seat there a little bit, and uh, and I actually thought the Wildcats would make that adjustment in how they guarded Bogut from game one to game two because I thought he was pretty effective in game one as well, but they didn't. They seemed to just allow him to catch wherever he wanted and just play off him. And then I mean the guy's seven foot one. You've got to meet him a little bit higher than right under the the charge circle, or he's just gonna I mean, he's too skilled to yeah. throw his right left hand hook and score. So. To me, Bo gets a real confidence player. So if you allow him to get going, especially early on, he, he's a, he's a bit of a nightmare the rest of the game, especially when he switched on like that. So you know, I thought uh, you know credit to the Kings that came out through a little wrinkle and uh, kind of just gave them a little bit of an edge at the start, and and they propelled themselves. And then Kevin Lish hit some daggers down, but you know newly knocked down shot Tate was was really good. So. Probably the only guy that they've been missing is uh, Ben Casper Ware. But, yeah. you know, the Wildcats, you know, Terrico White wasn't in it. They were missing their shots and just kind of looked a little bit out
1: of sync. Did you come away from that game feeling like the Kings had the momentum heading into Sunday?
0: Not really. And, and the only reason because I knew they were going back to another neutral court. Yeah. yeah. And so I just kind of felt like there was no real advantage. I, you know, the Wildcats weren't fearing Traveling back to Sydney, you know, the probably two guys you worry about backing up are Bogut and Damian Martin, a 50% Damian Martin. He's still going to give you energy. You only need 10 minutes out of him, really. Um, whereas Bogut is is pretty important. So to me, that was that, you know, I, I kind of felt like the Wildcats if they came out switched on. And. They play well in Sydney. I mean, Clint Stoddle just does not miss in Sydney. <laughs> um, Bryce Cotton, I don't, I don't know his record in Sydney, but I do know he his very first game was in this in Sydney, and and we won and pro- right, yeah. propelled us and get back in finals contention and end up winning the championship. So I, I feel like Bryce Cotton loves it there as well. So. For whatever reason, they, they shoot really well in the Kings Dome.
1: Yeah, let's take a look at, look at that Game 3 in a bit more detail. 111-96 to 96 win in the end for the Wildcats. Similar to Game 2 in a lot of ways, the Wildcats were on top. Pretty much the whole way, they were up by 18 points. I think during the second quarter, the Kings, the Kings fought back and they got got close and made it a contest down the stretch. But they never really threatened enough. To, I I felt to to look like they were going to be able to overrun the Wildcats. And and a lot of that was down to to Nick Kay, career best night from him, 30 points. 12 rebounds, four assists, but most importantly, they just kept giving him an open three up the top of the up the top of the arc, and he kept knocking them down. He hit seven out of nine of them, and it was remarkable to see that they didn't make any adjustments to that. They they seemingly were happy to let him keep shooting it. As you said, Clint Steindl had a good game as well, three or four from three for 13 points. Bryce Cotton did what Bryce Cotton does, th- another 31 points, and and Miles Plumley for the first time in this series, at least at least matched Andrew Bogut. If not, got the better of him on on that game. There was there was plenty there to like from from a. While cats point
0: of view? Yeah, I think if you if you like the mindset that Plumlee, you know, he probably has been a little bit embarrassed by mm. his performance against Boga the first two games. So to come back and have a little chip on his shoulder and play play much better was, was, was good signs. But you go back to Nick K. I I mean, Damian Martin would talk to us during games as well. Like, you have a scout. For a team. Yeah. Now, obviously, Nick Kay's scout is look, he's he's a good shooter, but he's probably not a knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna treat him like Bryce Cotton on the three-point line. But there's scouts for game adjustments as well. Mm-hmm. So if you got a guy that's knocked down three or four, that hoop looks like it's the ocean. You've gotta close him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one stretch where I think Sean Bruce, I mean, this is after Nick Kay's hit four or five. Sean Bruce. The ball gets passed to Nick Kay. He looks at Nick Kay. It's his rotation. And he runs to Price Cotton, who's Man. already been covered by someone else. And Nick Kay knocks down his fifth or sixth three. You're just like, there's got to be some, some change there. I mean, going to halftime, Nick Kay's knocked down so many threes. You've got to make that adjustment. They didn't do that. And probably it's a big reason. But, I mean, Nick Kay is shooting the ball I mean coming into the series I think he was at 43 44 yep. percent he might be up almost close to 50 percent he might be the mm-hmm. leading three-point shooter in the entire competition um, at the moment oh, the way he's he shooting yeah. it in the finals
1: oh, yeah, it's, un- it's unbelievable differences but it's a little bit different because we were there in person in Perth and we weren't there in person in Sydney but what difference differences did you notice from the way the no crowd situation was handled in Perth to Sydney did you notice much different
0: it was hard to tell on the TV because yeah. the angle, and I'm not sure if they did that on purpose or not, but the angle that the TV had had no one Yeah, on the side in Sydney, yeah, whereas the sold, angle think,
1: in – Yeah. Perth did it the right way where it, the crowd that was there was facing yeah. the camera. Sydney did the opposite, so we couldn't see anybody at all.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. It just seemed like – just going off uh, the TV and everything seemed a little bit quieter there. I don't know how, what they did game night. I did see the cheerleaders were still there and some of the, um, you know, the mascot. <laughs> the mascot I mean, at one the, stage was just sitting TV down TV. on his hands, not doing much. So <laughs> uh, it was, I'll, I'll be interested to ask some of the players if we get a chance yeah. to see what it was like compared to Sydney and, and Perth. And I don't know, but there seemed to be a lot more family and friends in, in Perth than there there were was in Sydney.
1: And let me get your thoughts, if you can put yourself back in the shoes of a player because there was, there's was, there been a few Wildcats players that I've seen as beloved by the Wildcats fans as you, maybe Damien Martin's the only one that gets a louder, louder cheer than you did during your career, but also on the road you were public, public enemy number one as well, so you you heard it on the other side as well. So wherever you played, you had a big crowd reaction, either positive or negative, directed towards you. How different would have it been for you to play in front of nobody?
0: On the broadcast, I talked about it. It just felt like a preseason game. Yeah. Um, Just kind of felt like, you know, you're not playing in front of anyone. It's kind of, there's not a whole lot of atmosphere. And usually in those preseason games, the coaches would talk to the team and the players. Like, we've got to create our own atmosphere. We've got to create our own energy here. And you kind of felt like that. Sydney, I thought, did a great job on, on Friday night, and I'm sure... You know, it's a lot easier to cheer when you're knocking down threes and, and, in the lead than, um, than when you're giving up points. But it's a, uh, it's one of those scenarios where it kind of just takes you back when you fell in love with the game. You're mm-hmm. just, you know, just out there playing and trying to, uh, but it's different because you're playing for a grand final. <laughs> yeah. You're playing for a championship. So there's a, a different element to it as well. It was, I'm sure it's the team that probably adjusts. I don't think both those teams got pretty professional players I don't think it'll play a huge impact um, to them but it's definitely there's 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 definitely some some changes that you have to make.
1: I want to touch on a couple of individual players now that we've got a three-game sample size Casper Ware and Tareko White are clearly the two players that are are struggling massively right now if you have a look across across the three games so far Casper Ware he's averaging eight points a game He's shooting 9 of 44 from the field and 1 of 23 from three-point range. And Tureko White's not much better, very similar numbers. He's averaging 7.3 points a game. He's shooting at 9 of 30 from the field and 2 of 14 from three. Do either of those show any signs of being able to turn it around in Game 4 or Game 5 if it goes that far? Uh,
0: it's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean... You, you kind of, we've seen that from Tariqo. There's times where he kind of goes in and out. I'm not sure he's 100% healthy and maybe the same thing with Casper Ware. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't know. I do think Casper, I mean, he's working extremely hard on the defensive end. Yeah. And and so I think he's doing a, you know, a pretty good job on Bryce Cotton, mm-hmm. but Bryce Cotton just running around. And, you know, maybe that's actually... The beauty of Bryce Cotton as well. Not only is he scoring thirty, but he's causing Sidney King's best player to uh, to go one for twenty three from the from the three point line. I mean, it's one for twenty three. I I reckon I could kick <laughs> kick it and get one in out of twenty three, possibly, or granny style, or behind <laughs> my back, maybe, or three sixty. I could get one, and it's uh it's it's pretty incredible. So. You know, you heard in that huddle that Will Weaver trying to tell casper just keep shooting just keep shooting i'm not sure that is the best message maybe maybe go do kind of what melbourne united did with mellow trimble when he was struggling for a little bit bring him off the bench absolutely let him be that impact guy you know you got sean bruce he's playing pretty well you got kevin lish who yeah. can play i think those those guys could do one too maybe you bring casper ware off the bench i don't know I'm, you got to do something though you got to make a make a change somewhere to be able to uh get him going
1: I go back to what I asked you probably three shows ago. In hindsight, do you think the Kings wish that they found a way to get Deshaun Taylor into the into this roster for the playoffs? He, he could have played defensively on on Bryce Cotton and he was also shooting the ball pretty well. If you have a look at it, Craig Muller, Lucas Walker, they're not playing really any meaningful minutes at the moment. Do you think they might have regretted not making that call a couple of weeks ago?
0: Possibly, possibly, but I don't think anyone could have you know, predicted that Casper would be yeah, playing sure. this this poorly at, at this stage, you know? And that's the other thing. Casper's usually a pretty big game player. I mean, I've seen him drop, what do you have, 38 here against Damian Martin yeah. at, at RAC Arena at one stage? So he knows how to play big games in front of big crowds and and, and hit the big shots in the big moments. So look, there's possibly still two two more games to go. So we'll see, see if that, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a good point. I think they had to... The only way he could come in is if there was a legitimate injury. So, um, you know, you need to yeah. stop on there. I
1: want to get your thoughts on the power forward matchup too. It's been probably the highlight of the series in a lot of ways between Jay Sean Tate and Nick Kaye, and their numbers are, are terrific from both of them. Tate's gone 17 points a game, 5.3 rebounds. He's shooting 21 of 32, and he's probably he probably needs to take more threes. He's, he's shot four or five from three for the series. And Nick Kaye, 20.3 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, He's shooting 21 of 37 and 10 of 17 from from three. It's been a fantastic battle between those two.
0: Yeah, they played up to that all-NBL first-team level. And uh, the thing I like about Tate is he's a bull, but he's also got really good footwork. And you see some times he just gets the ball down on that block and he is just going to go to work. He knows how to use that strength and and body of his to to be able to produce points and and, and do some good moves. So uh, he's impressed me with that. Obviously, we we talked about Nick Kaye earlier, but it is a good battle. I mean, uh, I'd love to see those two. And and they're two guys just play hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no fuss about it. They just go. They play hard. Probably Tate's a little bit more demonstrative and, mm-hmm. and I guess gets excited a little bit more than Nick K. But I think both, I love how they both play. And I think Tate was probably the biggest, best signing that Sydney Kings had. Sure. Um, Might have been their cheapest signing they had in the offseason, but he was he was probably the best one.
1: Yeah, he won't be cheap next season. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll come back to your your thoughts on how Game 4 and potentially Game 5 will play out in a little while, Sean, but... How do, you, how do you how are you feeling three games into the series? Two one lead for the Wildcats. Do you feel like the Wildcats have got the edge? How how are you how are you feeling at this point of the series?
0: Yeah, I do think they they have the edge. I think now that they're playing for that championship, they know they win. And there's a couple things there. One, obviously, the championship's on the line. But two, I don't think they want to fly back to Sydney. I mean, we're talking about going back to New South Wales, which is the heart of the coronavirus here in Australia at the moment. So there's a little bit extra incentive there. In, in that regard so I th- I think there is a, that advantage but the way the Sydney Kings they're they're the most talented team in the league so when they come switched on and ready to go the toughest thing to do is, is knock a team out so it's, uh, it's going to be a, a big battle if we're able to play game four
1: Okay Sean let's just take a second to not only thank Hoops Heaven for the enormous support they've given us here on Basketball Hustle this season because as we've said from the very start we wouldn't be able to do this show without their support but that's also encourage all of our listeners whether you get the chance to head into their store in person at Murray Street in the Perth City, or if you can jump online at hoop7.com.au. Now more than ever, in these times where where everyone is affected by the coronavirus in some way, shape, or form, we need to stick together as a basketball community, and hoop seven is no different. They won't survive unless we support them and continue to buy our, our goods from them and continue to, to support them. They do and unlock. Unbelievable job of supplying us with everything you could ever hope for in a basketball sense. All of the sneakers in the world you could ever hope for. All of your NBA merchandise, your NBL merchandise, your Nike gear, your Jordan gear, your Adidas gear. Anything you can imagine. You can find it at hoop Seven. And at hoopseven.com.au. And we really need to support them now more than ever. They haven't asked us to put out this plea, but we need you to support them because we just all need to rally together in these tough times. So head to hoopseven.com.au. And thanks to their support here on the show, when you get to check out, use the code word HUSTLE, that's H U S T L E, and you'll get a special discount as well, and they'll take care of you. So thanks again to Hoopseven for their support, but please make sure you support them at hoopseven.com.au. Okay, welcome back here to Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustlin'. And Sean, you've played plenty of games in your career where you would count them as being tales of two halves. But well, we've got a show this week that's going to be a tale of two halves because our, our first half, which we were looking back on the grand final series so far and we were getting ready to preview what was lying ahead. But all of a sudden, news has broken as we're as we're recording here that the series is now off. There'll be no game four, there'll be no game five. The three games that we've seen so far will be all that we'll see of this grand final series. The Sydney Kings have made a decision based on what they've heard from medical experts back in Sydney that they aren't willing to risk travelling over to Perth, probably both for the fact of potentially contracting something in transit, but also for the risk of potentially being stuck in isolation in Perth for 14 days if WA's borders are closed. So I think the combination of all that meant that the players just weren't willing to risk it. And that means that the Kings informed the NBL. I think that's an important distinction. The Kings informed the NBL that they wouldn't be partaking in the rest of the series. So the NBL had no choice but to Cancel games four and game five. But now the championship winner for this season is still undecided. The league has said that they need 48 hours to decide. That's a lot to digest, Sean. What's your initial reaction to it all?
0: Initially, I just kind of felt like this is I, – I think this is what I saw coming. Mm. Um, last Friday, you could see the way things were developing, how quickly it had gone in – in uh, in countries say italy and iran and the u.s and and how quickly it escalated you knew there was no way that they were going to be able to get to next friday and be able to play the game which was why i was surprised the league didn't come out and say uh, it was going to be a three game series but obviously you need both sides to agree to that i don't know the the ins and outs of, of how it played out but you know, we were discussing before this just briefly. In what world do you not determine that the Perth Wildcats are the winners? Now, you know, there, are, there used to be a three-game series in the grand final. Obviously, they went to a game, a five-game series a few years ago. But you played three games, and the Wildcats are sitting two-one. And I'm sure people listening that might be over East saying, "Oh, he's just being biased." That's just, I guess, you just got you have to declare the winner as the Wildcats. I can't see it being any other result.
1: No, I totally agree, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're at a risk of looking like we're taking a Perth bias because we're based in Perth. But I'd like to think I'm pretty level-headed when it comes to these things, and I'm not one of those red army comrades. I, I just think whoever was leading two-one, I think is a is a good enough lead to be able to be awarded the championship. Most NBL grand finals have been decided over three games. Having played three games, you're more than halfway through the series. To me, it's a big enough sample size. To me, I just think it's a no-brainer. I, I get the feeling it's the Kings that are giving the pushback there. They're not willing to accept that they've lost the series while there was still two games to play, so they potentially could have still won it had they played those two games. So I think that's where the pushback's coming, but I think they lose that right because of the fact that they decided to not play the last two games. It wasn't the NBL cancelling the series. Is that is that how you see it?
0: Yeah, that's how I see it. But also, I mean, if you look at the rules, FIBA rules on, say, a... On a game, if you get past halftime, yep. you know, if you get past the halfway point and a game is canceled. We saw this with the Illawarra game earlier in the year where, you know, the game had to be canceled because of the roof. Yep. And so whoever was leading at that point became uh, became the winner. I believe it was Illawarra that ended up winning the game, uh, right? Yeah, you
1: know, New Zealand was winning the game. In,
0: in oh, Illawarra. so New Zealand was winning against at Illawarra. Yeah. That's right. And so New Zealand ended up being awarded that game i think that's the same we're over the halfway point we've got a a winner it used to be a three-game series there was talk of trying to bring that the game up and obviously the kings refused to to do that obviously don't know the ins and outs of the conversations there but that's a word that was in the media circle so i think you've got to go with the wildcats but even if you do determine the wildcats are the champions what a what a shallow championship Yep. Um, you know, you, you play these things. You work so hard, and you want to be able to enjoy the moment. And it's almost like Olympians when they get told two years down the road that someone p- tested positive yeah. for a drug I'm test. Oh, and here's your gold medal. That's <laughs> the way I see it, and I yeah. feel it. Just it's just not the same. And. uh you know, I think we're going to remember this season for a lot of great things, but this is not, this isn't one of them.
1: Before we get to that a bit further, there's three options that the NBL is obviously weighing up right now. One of them is to declare the Kings the champions based on the fact that they finished on top of the end of the regular season. To me, that just can't be a possibility for the, a lot of reasons. And, you know, basketball has always been a sport which is determined on based on finals. And there was a prospect that the Sydney Kings wouldn't even be in the grand final. So if you're going to make that decision, they would have been they would beat champions even though they wouldn't be playing in the grand final series right now. Melbourne United was incredibly close to knocking them out. So to me, that can't happen. Let's say Melbourne
0: United did beat Sydney Kings and we we're sitting here, Perth and Melbourne United, they had to cancel the series. In that, in that scenario, you're saying the Kings should be awarded the championship? Well,
1: uh, I guess that's what you'd have to do if, you, if you're if you awarded to them now based on that. that you'd still have <laughs>
0: how, how bizarre would that
1: be? <laughs> It'd be unbelievable. So, so it's, yeah, to me, I don't think that can happen. The other, and I guess the other solution now is that we don't have a champion champion decided at all, which I think would be disappointing because we've got three games into the series, so I think it's a big enough sample size. But I guess that's a real possibility of happening now that we just won't have a champion a champion at all.
0: Uh, I just can't see that happening either. I mean, mm-hmm. you've completed ninety nine percent of the season. You've you know, if it was tied one one yeah i think you you would you would say that but i i just can't think of any other we'll see what happens over 48 hours mm. and but uh, we haven't even got to that point but if if, if let's say the wildcats already determined the winners, how are they going to celebrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they got no fans that could be in the in the realm they maybe uh Maybe they do a little FaceTime with all the fans and everyone can jump on the FaceTime and <laughs> they can ch- see them celebrating. And,
1: well, you can't even uh, have a reception in the city like you normally have because there's not we're not allowed to have public gatherings.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's just a, it's, it's a horrible and let's go on to another point. We don't know where Damian Martin, what his future holds as well. I mean, was that the last time we got to see Damian Martin play? I don't know. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's certainly a possibility and what a shame that, you know, we don't see quite possibly the greatest winner that we've ever seen. uh, And. no doubt, the greatest defender we've ever yeah. seen in the NBL finishes his career the right way. So there's, uh, it's uh, there's so many different storylines and levels to this that it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible.
1: For Jesse and and Dame, Damo especially, this would be their sixth championship. It couldn't mean as much as the first five, surely.
0: No, I know Damo said, I think last year after they won that fit, that that was, you know, that was the most impressive Mm. and just the way they they went about it and how everyone had kind of written them off at that stage where they had um, lost so many games. So I don't know where this one sits, but probably not in the top five, I would imagine.
1: (laughs) Was there a possibility we could have had the series finished already? Say, we were at the point last week where traveling across the country was always going to be a challenging thing to do it three more times for both teams once they were both in perth should have they stayed in perth and played out the series in perth and and only had sort of maybe one day in between games and finished it off and and by wednesday or thursday this week it could have been finished should have that been a possibility or alternatively once they were both in sydney should have they stayed in sydney and done the same thing should have should have that being something that was more seriously looked at
0: yeah i think it was it was definitely you know something you looked at i think you just The problem is you've got two conflicting sides that both want the same thing. So, Sydney King, they want to play in Sydney. Perth want to play in Perth. Probably both sides aren't willing to budge. Rightfully so. So, I think that's, that's the hard one. I just... I, I was actually surprised they went ahead with the series on the Friday, just considering yeah. all the every other league had shut down, especially basketball leagues in the world were, weren't playing. But two, when they went ahead, I was I was really surprised they didn't come out. I think we wouldn't have this argument if they just come out and said it's a three game series, and maybe they wanted to, and one side or the other didn't want that. Maybe that would come out mm-hmm. in the in the press conference as well. Forty eight hours. That to me that seems like a long time as well.
1: That's time. <laughs> in today's to world, that.
0: that you know. Everything could change in 48 hours yeah. here. Maybe coronavirus is all finished up and maybe <laughs> yeah, we can play. I highly doubt that. But yeah, it, yeah it's going to be a long 48 hours, I, I'd imagine. But I, I get a sense they already know what they're going to do.
1: In the Kings press conference, they talked about how, I think it was their CEO, Chris Pongrass, talked about how the Kings weren't willing to shorten the gap between games because they were worried about their players not being able to handle shorter breaks because they were conditioned a certain way. Is that a code for saying that Andrew Bogut wouldn't have been able to handle shorter breaks?
0: Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, you're trying trying to take words out of there. Yeah. I, you know, you've got guys that. I mean, you know, there's probably one guy that could back up is Andrew Bogut. He's done his whole career where they play three, four games in the NBA. He might not be used to flying commercial. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe that, I don't know if that was on the cards, but, but possibly that was uh, something they could, the NBL could have done and said, hey, we're going to fly, we're going to drive it jet and this is what we're going to do to be able to get the series done I'm sure they explored all those options and look I I actually think the Kings are making the right decision here I think it's it's got to the point the traveling I know for my family as well, I think my wife she would have been pretty pretty nervous about me flying at the, at this stage, and that's just looking at the kids as well. And then you you, you look at all you know you're, you're just risking so much that who's to say you know one of these players is traveling the you know obviously the Wildcats were on the flight with someone with the coronavirus yeah. last week, so there's just so many different levels to it that it's um, it's a scary time.
1: I think you're right. I think the Kings have made the right decision and I don't blame the players at all for being concerned about flying across the country. They mentioned in the press conference that the medical expert that they had spoken to said that he wouldn't be willing to go over to Perth himself for a medical conference. So I think once he says that, the players are like, well, why should we be expected to? But he even went as far as saying he wouldn't drive an hour down the road right now to go to to go to go anything in the current climate. So I think once you've got a medical expert telling you that, I think it's a no-brainer. So I think if the Kings are given negative, I guess, press because of their decision, I think that's pretty harsh. The other question is, should have the NBL made the decision for them so it, it doesn't look like the Kings are the ones that pulled out but the NBL decided to cancel it?
0: Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I hadn't really thought about that. It's a uh, yeah. Obviously, the the Kings actually decided to hold the press conference and not the NBL. Makes you think. I don't know. I have to think about that one. I'm sure we'll learn a little bit more over the next 48 hours, and hopefully. You know, the league is transparent about all this and they come out and say, look, this is what happened. This is, you know, how it all played out. I think, you know, this is a, a, this is unprecedented territory that we're in. So I think everyone's kind of learning what, what's the best case scenario here and how do we, how do we handle this the right way? So be interested to see the, the reaction from, from both teams once the decision's made and also just the, the NBL just coming out. I think they've done a really good job. Over the last couple of years, being forefront with their with the with the fans and just letting them know what's going on, and we haven't even really talked about it. But this was going to be this was the final that I think the league wanted. Yeah, you know, the two funny. biggest stadiums. You know, Sydney, Perth. Got Andrew Bogut. You've got you know quite possibly the most decorated player to ever play in the NBL. And you know, we know what the Perth Wildcats are used to. So, and it was going to be probably the most attended grand final we've ever seen so from that point of view it's a shame you know people I haven't heard too many people talk about that but we were going to get the most watched and attended grand final we'd ever seen so it was it's a shame that it wasn't able to finish in the right way
1: yeah it's a great point because over five games if it went that far with full stadiums we could have had 70,000 people attend 5 games of NBA basketball in Australia which which is what this this season deserved to have as a conclusion it's been a the tagline is incredible it has been an incredible season in so many ways and these two teams haven't disappointed the three grand final games have been played at a very high standard it's just the fact that i guess what's happening in the world has now become a bigger a bigger story there's, there's so many what ifs and and Paul Smith also mentioned this in his press conference that the Sydney Kings had about this announcement where there's so many what ifs. What if we didn't have the fever break in between? We the season would be finished right now? What if what if somehow this had been condensed and there's so many what ifs, but it's just unfortunate that potentially the the most exciting NBL season of all time has, has finished in in the in the flattest possible possible note.
0: Yeah it's it is it is a shame the league is is gone from strength to strength and you know record numbers attending who gets who gets grand final mvp it's another
1: great point yeah
0: i mean uh nick k has been outstanding uh bryce cotton i mean it's between those two obviously yep. but uh, you probably got to go with bryce cotton but i think uh nick k is is got to be considered as well so and then if you're on the Sydney side if they let's say they do come out and say the Sydney kings are, do they give a grand final mvp I, I i don't know i don't know
1: yeah or do we get a grand final mvp if there's no winner i mean what happens there
0: I've got to declare a winner. I just can't see. Mm. I just can't see that you you play all this. You you played three games in the grand final, and they and they don't declare a winner. That would be that would be tragic. I reckon. I'd rather I'd rather them declare Sydney Kings the winner than not have know. any winner. Yeah, I just think you got to have a winner. I'm, you know, I'm not out here to get a participation award. <laughs> we need a winner, Pikey.
1: We do, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it just comes back to I don't think there's any other decision to be made except to give it to the Wildcats. But is the rest of the country, given their, given their disdain for the Wildcats in basketball circles, are they? Is the rest of the country going to be willing to accept it?
0: I think you've just got to make the tough decision. I don't think it's that tough a decision, but I think you've got to make a decision and and, and declare them declare them the winner.
1: Okay, Sean. Now that we're getting very close to the end of our first season here on Poop Heaven's Basketball Hustle, a big reminder to all our listeners that you've still got an opportunity to win your very own set of playing singlets. That's right. You can design them yourselves. You can put whatever you want on them. They'll get made and manufactured... All just for you, thanks to ID Athletic. ID Athletic, one of our great partners here at Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle, have been kind enough to offer one of our listeners their very own set of playing singlets. So whether you're a social team, a junior team, whatever level of basketball you're playing at, you might not get to wear them unfortunately for, for a month or two now, thanks to everything we're going through. But once you hit the court again, you'll be able to look your very best in your own set of basketball singlets. So all you have to do is jump on Facebook, jump on our Twitter account, jump on our Instagram, type in Basketball Hustle, send us a photo of the current playing singlets that your team is playing in. Tell us why you need a new set of singlets. And next week on our very last show of this season, Sean Redditch, The Scoring Machine, will pick out a winner and we'll announce the winner, thanks to ID Athletic, of a brand new, custom designed and printed and made set of basketball singlets for you and your team. So make sure you head to our social media pages, get your entry in, and also head to ID Athletic at IDAthletic.com for all of your, your basketball apparel needs. Now, Sean, in, in your basketball world, you're still playing, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, state basketball league here in here in Perth at the Prairie Lakes Hawks, but Thanks to the coronavirus, that's been thrown into into turmoil as well. All of a sudden, the season won't be starting until the end of May. It'll be a significantly shorter season where you'll play each team once and then you'll start the final series. But it also looks like it's going to be going ahead without any imports. So now you've got – you had a sore knee the last couple of weeks. So all of a sudden, you've got 10 weeks to get that right to start the season. What are your thoughts on now what's happening? It's obviously, obviously a smaller scale than what we're talking about in the NBL, but what do you think of what's going to happen in your – in your state like season.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's going to be, I actually, I've been a big proponent the last few years of actually making the SBL season a little bit shorter because I think it is too long. So maybe we're going to get a taste of what a a shorter SBL season looks like. Mm. You know, there, there is, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but there has been talk that there's going to be no imports. If that's, if that is the case, you know, obviously you lose a, a lot of, um, quality players just gives a lot of more opportunity for the uh local contingent and and i think it'll probably it'll be pretty small ball mm-hmm. in the sbl as well if that that is the case but actually uh you know if they, if they can go from almost june to say august shoot i could play another 10 years <laughs> you absolutely three month season that's that's beautiful but these six seven month seasons no, it's exactly, i don't know
1: That's exactly what you did last year when did you start last year about halfway through.
0: Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been around June, I reckon. Yeah, I May so. June. I think. Yeah. I'll have to go back into into my diary, the time flies, But um, yeah, I think that was that was about right. So you know, I think it just uh, means your your local contingent are uh, a, lot, a lot more important potentially.
1: And in the case of your team, when you've got, I guess you've got sort of Ben Purser and Ryan Smith and. Young players like Mitch Clark and a pretty good contingent of young players. You're in a pretty good position.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the, the things the Hawks have. Uh, they've got a lot of young guys. Uh, there's a few guys that have been training that up and comers as well. So it, it, you know, I think you kind of want your. Obviously, you want some good players in the SBL, and that's why they do allow the two imports. But it's also a development league, so you want to give those guys a little bit more opportunity. They're just going to get them uh, a lot more opportunity. So if you're – hopefully, they'll go ahead in May. But as we've seen, that that, I mean, they're just throwing a date out there. They don't know what – What's going to happen? Um, it could change on a on a daily basis. So we'll, we'll see how this uh, how this all plays out. It's just going to be so strange. No sport anywhere going.
1: Oh, it's going to be. I mean, months, two months now, basically. That at least the sports that we're involved with locally uh, are now co- called off completely. And it's really you hard know, to how the AFL and NRL can continue how they think they will.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think they will. Especially if you're a league just starting, you can't really start. Yeah. One week, and then what happens if a player contracts it? What What happens then? But you know, like no sport in the entire world, it's just uh, you know, it's one of those things. Whenever there's been catastrophic. Events or whatever happening you always kind of felt like sport was kind of that outlet that everyone had to that you know if the things were going pear-shaped in the world you could always have a chat about what your uh, what your local team was doing mm-hmm. what they need to do better that's not going to happen anymore we right. no longer have that outlet i guess maybe we turn to our favorite netflix show and we can talk <laughs> about that
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, it. Do you do you have old tapes of your of your old games that you'll you'll force the family to sit down and watch?
0: I don't think I've watched any of my uh old old films, but uh maybe we can uh dust them off. <laughs> I've never been one to kinda go back and, and watch uh watch I've always been, I guess, looking towards the towards the future, but you might have a little bit of home isolation that we might yeah. need to uh dust off some of those yeah. those old films.
1: Here's the chance for sure. Now, I think what we've learned today, Sean, is that these things move incredibly quickly. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed the fact that we've recorded a show on the on the day that all this is broken and we'll get the show out to you on that day. So hopefully, everyone enjoys listening to, the, to that as it unfolds. And what it also tells us, Sean, is that because there's so much to still happen over the next 48 hours, um, there's news that I wanted to talk to you about today in terms of, coaching jobs at Adelaide. star's already been signed that we just haven't had time to get to today. So what we need to do is have a have one last show next week where we'll also announce our our winner of the ID Athletic Competition for a free set of singlets. They might have to wait a couple of months to be able to wear them out on a court, but we'll announce our winner for that next week and we'll wrap up what's been a, a pretty exciting season here on Hoops Heavens Bicycle Hustle with one final show next week, Sean. So For now, on this second last show, what can you leave our listeners with?
0: Yeah, it has been an exciting season. Uh, You know, probably not the way we wanted it to end, Uh, but uh, I'm excited to see kind of what happens over the next 48 hours, how the league determines how they're going to play this out. And uh, thanks to our listeners for listening. We'll uh, try and go out with a bang next week and uh, hopefully be back uh, bringing you... Lots of NBL basketball news next year. So stay stay safe, everyone. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing you next week and see who our, our competition winner is as well.